presents The Interviews with Lorenzo Melcher. Thank you for downloading this episode of The Interviews with Lorenzo. I am him. Garrett Walker is with me, our head athletic trainer for Perrysburg. Garrett, thanks for being on the podcast. No problem. Thanks for having me. Um, so first of all, congratulations on the on the child. Yeah, that's okay. uh, that's yeah. awesome and scary at the same time. Yeah, I think it's kind of a mix of emotions at this point. <laughs> pretty, pretty excited though, more so than anything. Yeah, it's, it's a, a lot more goes into it than people think. It doesn't just happen. So we're pretty, <laughs> yeah, we're pretty excited. Well, good. Yeah. Move that microphone down a little bit. A little. Just right. there you go. Good. Okay. Well, yeah, that's um. I mean, we have two kids, and we've been through it all, and it's... So, yeah, so being a parent is, is scary, as you'll find out. Um, everything is terrifying. Everything you think is your child is going to die from it, <laughs> and, it's, and you can't get away from that, man. Right. Yeah, I think you combine Lindsay and I together, too. We're both... We just worry. <laughs> Her and I are already worry warts, so even at this point, we're kind of... Every day, yeah. I'm constantly, and that's my job too. I constantly am evaluating people and making sure they feel good or yeah. they're everything's okay, stress level wise. So, Lindsay's probably at this point a little annoyed with me because I constantly <laughs> ask her through her day how she's doing, how she's feeling. So, I can't imagine when we add another human being into that equation and they can't talk. So, and yes, and I know my mom was a nurse and she always tried to like. Um, not really like diagnosis, but try to figure out what was wrong with us. And I'm sure that's going to be the same way with oh, you. Like, yeah. like um, I think he has a torn ACL. Um, <laughs> he's only six months old. I think, <laughs> I think right. it's okay. He just fell. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think it, even, even being in a big family like mine is and Lindsay's family is big too, everybody kind of looks at me as, as a healthcare provider. Oh, yeah. So just a lot of that kind of stuff gets, gets pawned off to me, not necessarily pawned off, but people are constantly asking me questions about – just tons of different things. Yeah. Well, so, I, I always mess with you. I'm right. sure that's what they do too. Like, oh, hey, yeah. Garrett, I hurt my knee. What do you think? You oh, know? yeah. Yeah, I always <laughs> tell them I'm off duty. Like, every time I walk into a room, I'm like, I'm off duty. I, you know, <laughs> I got to have some time off here. I mean, I enjoy it, obviously. But yeah. even with a kid, I feel like I'm going to panic because people are going to be looking at me like, oh, I hope he has all the answers. I don't have the answers to yeah, that kind of stuff. Nobody does. That's something I have no idea. Yeah. That is not my realm. So, yeah, uh, it'll be a learning curve. And... Well, speaking of your job, um, did you know you wanted to be an athletic trainer when you were in high school? Like, did you think this is what I want to do? Oddly, oddly enough, I just had a high school kid ask me that, like, last week. Um, not really. I, I And I, I always talk about my brother. And most athletic trainers, they, they've had a significant injury or something that occurred when they were in high school okay. um, that kind of geared them towards that. Fortunately, when I was playing sports, I never had that big significant injury. I was just fortunate enough to play four years of sports and kind of go on with my life. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, to that point, I, I watched my brother sustain some pretty significant injuries in his career. Um, he's a year he's a year older than I was, so okay. I didn't have a car. Travis and I shared a car. Um, I watched him shatter his ankle. In a high school Ooh. football game, uh, I think that was his junior year and my sophomore year, okay. and then the following year he tore his ACL. Wow! So, like I said, him and I sharing a car. I just spent a lot of time with our physical therapist, our our part time athletic trainer at the time. Mm -hmm. So anytime Travis had to go into rehab or anytime Travis was spending extra time after practice, I just kind of I hung around. Yeah. You know? 
And then, like I said, most athletic trainers have had that significant injury and built that relationship with their provider and kind of geared them towards that career. Um, so I think that's what it was. I just watched his quality of care that he received through high school. Um, and he's actually an athletic trainer too. Oh, wow. <laughs> so where's, where's he do that at? He, uh, he works for Northwest Ohio orthopedics. He okay. works out of Finley, Ohio. He's the athletic trainer for Van Buren high school. Okay. Um, so oddly enough, we both kind of, it was funny. We both went to Bowling Green. My freshman year, I was undecided his fresh or his sophomore year. He was an athletic training student and I showed up to my first ever collegiate class <laughs> and didn't even know that Travis was in my class. Oh, really? He showed up, and it was intro to sports medicine, and I'm like, what are you doing in here? <laughs> yeah. Ended up both applying to the program and getting in, so nice. that, rest you know, is history. That happened to me when I – because I, I didn't go to school until several years after high school, right. and uh, I walked into a class. and I think it was like a speech class or something, and they were doing a roll call, and they said, Melcher, and I raised my hand, and they go, Cindy? I go, that's my mom. My no mom way. was in my class. No way. Yeah, and I had no idea. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so she's at right next to me. Of course, we she wants we had to be partners the whole time too, and everything. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, they got to the point where our professors were, and I mean, we lived in the same house. Oh yeah. I mean, okay. after after we both had gotten into the program, and not that not that we cheated by any means, but mm -hmm. our teachers all had to have that conversation with us. Like, I understand your course load's going to be the same. Oh, okay. So we cannot having you two. We cannot have you two working together on assignments and working together yeah. on all this kind of stuff. They're yeah. like, make your college career your own, which I think was, looking back, some of the best best advice. Oh, I'm sure. Um, it's always nice to have somebody to bounce ideas off of, but mm -hmm. our learning styles, we learned at that age, were so different. Yeah. So it was good. We both kind of found our own groove. It's still cool to be able to call him on Friday nights and even after bas basketball games and wrestling meets and stuff like that and mm -hmm. just kind of talk about what we had. Yeah. It's just athletic trainer talk. So it is still kind of cool having your brother be in the same field. Well, it's always fun to to talk to someone who does what you do right. because you guys have that bond or have right. – and you guys even have a stronger bond because you're siblings. Right. But, but, but I know even in my job, like I like – Everyone likes talking shop with wh mm -hmm. whatever they do because it's it's something in common and people have a lot to talk about. That's right. like like most times when people have work parties, all they still talk about is work, right? Because that's all you know, <laughs> right? And it's always the the goal is when you go into something like that is always about well, we're not going to talk about work, we're not going to talk about this, yeah. we're not going to talk, and then you get together and you're like, well, that is what we're going to talk about, <laughs> yeah. Because we it, it, whether there's stress or not, you yep. still enjoy what you do, hopefully, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Even when Travis and I get together on weekends what we end up talking about and our wives sit there like come on i mean you guys come home and you vent to us but is that really what we're going to talk about now yeah it's like yeah it is so so when you graduated um you didn't start at parisburg you started at rossford i did yeah. i was a ga at rossford so i worked at a grad assistantship there for two years yeah okay so so you were there um you weren't a trainer or hadn't I had trainers there. I was. Were... So technically, when you graduate, um, now it's different, mm -hmm. but when you get your undergraduate degree, you can sit for your board exam after your undergrad. If okay. you decide that you want to get your master's degree, like at that time, I decided I wanted to go back to school and get my master's in something else. Okay. I sat for my boards, passed my uh, board of certification, and became an athletic trainer and got into grad school. Oh, okay, so they okay. kind of had this partnership. Bowling Green had a partnership with Mercy Health, who I'm employed by now. Mm -hmm. um, they had a partnership and just assigned me to Rossford High School. And so. and um, 
So was Coach Drewsbeck your coach? He was. And so was how how was that? I, I would I would assume it had to be a little bit cool and a little bit like odd. It was odd. Yeah. It was odd because I felt like I was a part part of that stat. It was it was a weird dynamic at yeah. first. Um, I was pumped because I I was pumped that I, it was familiar. Yes. Um, but at the same time, I was very very nervous because that was the first I had ever been completely out on my own, oh, okay. doing my own thing as an athletic trainer. Mm-hmm. Like the first kid that went down, I remember thinking, "Oh man, this is my time. Yeah. Like I'm the one that makes this decision whether this kid goes back into a game or not." Um, and just the pressure. I mean. Not that Drew's back was, I mean, he was like my idol. Yeah. That guy was a mentor to me. I talked, I talked with him. I never lost contact with him. Okay. Um, so I do think he probably played a little bit of a role in mm-hmm. getting me into that position once he found out from Burt Rogers that I was going to apply, um, which is fine. Yeah. It was awesome, awesome experience. And I was fortunate to work around a guy like that and mm-hmm. learn from him too. Um, but t- just patience. I mean, he had all the patience in the world with me as a young athletic trainer because, believe it or not, that coach to athletic trainer relationship is it's it's interesting. I mean, I mean, you have to have as a as a coach, you have to have complete trust yep. in your athletic trainer that he's telling you what what the issue is. Sometimes how long this kid's going to be out. And as a head coach, and I saw Coach Kriegel do it all the time. You told him something, and he all he said was okay, right? And that's what you should it should be right. Yep. And I've been for yeah, I was fortunate. Fortunate to have Drews back and then lead into Coach Kriegel. And I've had I've worked with a ton of coaches, but obviously since you're a football coach, we'll probably gear more towards football, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Um, but I've been fortunate with Drews back and Kriegel. Just two awesome guys, two awesome starts. Hopefully I'll be at Perrysburg for quite some time, but now it's going to be a new transition into yeah. a new head coach there. So, yeah. yeah, my first two head coaches have had all the patience in the world with me. They know that life gets stressful just like anybody's job, but – you know, especially in years where, where things are going well, it's always easy to do my job because yeah. kids aren't hurt. It's always those years where the team's struggling and your best player goes down. Yeah. And then it's like, what do we do now? <laughs> you know, all yeah. eyes are on that kid and all eyes are on the athletic trainer. Like, what can we do to get this kid back? But mm-hmm. And, yeah, and some been, and sometimes it's not it's it's even out of your hands, it, it right? Like yeah. like if it's a serious enough injury, you're gonna you might di- diagnose like I think he has a torn ACL or she yeah. has this or or whatever. But then you they go to the doctor the next day and then they basically say, here it is, here's what's confirmed, here's the plan. But then right. after that, you're you're out of it, right? You're out right. of the loop. Yeah. Well, not necessarily out of the loop, but they're just out of out of your hands as far as when they come back. Correct. Yeah. Yep. I kind of just, and you build that communication rapport with the team doc. We've been lucky with Dr. Gupta too. Yeah. He came to Perrysburg when I came to Perrysburg. So oh. five years, both of both him and I have been working together kind of as a unit alongside other athletic trainers like Janet and Andrea now too. Mm-hmm. Um, we've kind of just built a good team. You yeah. know, it makes it a lot easier when it's a team effort, just approaching some difficult situations. So, yeah. and like I said, I've had a, I've been very fortunate with all of our coaches and all of our staff at Perrysburg and Rossford. I never really, fortunately, have never had that pushback from yeah. somebody who's upset, like it's my fault that a kid broke his ankle or <laughs> my fault that a kid sprained his wrist. You mm-hmm. know, I think, I think I've been lucky that a lot of those coaches and a lot of our coaches understand that. It's nobody's fault. It's well, gonna happen. Well, part of that is too. Um, I used to tell Andrea going through my career as, as at different jobs, like, man, I've been pretty lucky to have like good bosses, and that's what right. what you're kind of talking about. But it also plays into into how you are as an athletic trainer, as a person too. Because right. if you were a jerk and and you were good at your job, then there would be pushback from these guys, and they might say, hey, 
he's saying this and, and it's clearly not this, you know, so you play a big part in that also. Right. It's just a demeanor thing. Yeah. Yep. And it, it and it's a it's a different relationship with each coach. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'll, I'll talk more so about Perrysburg now since that's where I'm at. Yeah, you you just build a, a unique style relationship with each coach you work with, mm-hmm. and you figure each other out. Like I, I know that I can approach certain coaches this way, and I know that I can't approach the next coach that oh, way. Oh, okay, yeah. And it's just the it's just personality. Not yeah. that there's anything wrong with that, but you just learn as you go and build relationships and what works. Mm-hmm. Like some coaches want just the simple he's good to go or yeah. he's not good to go some coaches want a little bit more detail on why that's the case oh okay so all right you just figure it out yeah learn as you go you said when you were at rossford you said that the first time you had to go out there and say like oh this is on me how right. how how soon did you lose that and and just know like okay let's go here's what we got to do this is hurt he's hurt or whatever I think it was that that injury. Was it? it was a broken collarbone. So, in, in most athletic trainers will say you got to get that big one out of the way. Mm-hmm. You get it, you get that first significant injury out of the way, and you'll be good from there. Yeah. So, fortunately, my first injury at Rossford, I believe, was a broken collarbone. Oh wow! Um, so, not life threatening, mm-hmm. but still severe enough to where it was multiple levels in the chain that I had to go down. I had to communicate with parents. I had to communicate with coaches. I had to communicate with the kid. I had to rehabilitate this athlete, you know? So I kind of got a good mix of everything and learned what worked and what didn't during that process. So fortunately, um, the, it was, it was the first injury to where I was like, okay, I can do it. I've done it now. Um, it wasn't like a, it was a shock. Believe me, Garrett Whitney, who was at Rossford before me, I used to call him. <laughs> not, I mean, I would call him. I felt like every day where yeah. I was like, "Oh man, you know, I'm thinking a lot about this kid." And I never wanted to badger my brother either because mm-hmm. Travis was kind of in the same boat. In okay, learning. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I used to call Garrett Whitney was his name. Oddly enough, Garrett. Um, I used to call him all the time and badger him and be like, Hey, I just got to bounce some stuff off you. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Am I doing this right? And he knew the area too. So it's more so the lay of the land. I used to touch back or touch base with him and be like, how did this work? Did this work for you? What did and what did not work? Mm -hmm. So he was a lot of help. And you always use your, your colleagues. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's in any field, not that I've worked in any other field, but I would imagine there's nothing better, like I spoke about a little bit ago, the team effort deal. Yeah. At Mercy, we have over 20 athletic trainers that are all available to each other. Mm. And we talk, you know, we talk shop, so we hear what kids, what what other athletic trainers have dealt with. Mm-hmm. And it's always nice to know everybody's dealt with similar stuff yeah. and bounce those ideas off them and kind of... Well, I always think it's, it's pretty cool when... Um, because I know before games on Friday nights, the coaches usually, the head coaches usually talk, right? Um, and then I always see you talking to the other trainer too beforehand. Yep. I'm sure you guys are talking, you know, about things that they need to know, and then you right. just talk right. about whatever, you know. The NLL, we have a lot of athletic trainers that are Mercy Health athletic trainers, so it's always cool. You know, okay. athletic training is a unique, unique field where we don't we don't go into work like we don't go into the clinic and yeah. see each other every day. We have the, we have our quarterly meetings where we all get to meet up and we talk and we're all so excited we could talk forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but those Friday nights and those Saturday night basketball games and soccer games are when we get to see each other. Yeah. So I think at this point most of the people know kind of the lay of the land at Perrysburg, so we don't never we don't always have to go over EAPs and mm-hmm. emergency yeah. plans and stuff like that. They kind of know that. Um, but yeah, that's just something you do. Like when we played Fairmont. Yeah. It's just making sure that that athletic trainer is comfortable in our environment. Mm-hmm. Um, 
letting them know we have physicians available, EMS available, where AED's at, all that kind of stuff. So that's just, it's nice to always touch base and make sure that that other team is comfortable. Well, yeah. And like you said, you don't, you don't always, like my job, I see my coworkers every day and you you don't see your coworkers. So it is, it is a cool thing just to be like, Hey, how you doing? You know, right. We haven't seen you all season. Right. And and it's cool at Perrysburg because we have a different dynamic than a lot. Like when I was at Rossford, I was on an island by myself. I worked as the only athletic trainer, the head athletic trainer there for two years by myself. Oh, then when wow. I came to Perrysburg, um, it's a big enough school. Obviously, it's a lot bigger than Rossford. Yeah. So we had a GA at the time. Then it transitioned to Janet and I. And now it's Andrea and myself. So I've always kind of had that person at least across town because our campuses are split that I can bounce ideas off of. Yeah. So I don't get to see Andrea and I didn't get to see Janet every day, but just knowing they're a phone call away and they're still in the same district dealing with a lot of similar things is always is always nice. Well, so. it's, it's nice too that because this was even something newer a few years ago that the junior high got an athletic trainer. Right. And yep. so, so I'm sure that took not, I mean, I'm sure there wasn't a lot of people that needed to see you there, but I, there, I'm sure there were some, and now that takes it off your plate. Right. And I think, com- I think it's a comfort thing for parents knowing that, yeah. like, let's say that we have a soccer game going and the junior high has a football game going. Mm-hmm. I think parents like to know that there's somebody there in case their kid were to go down yeah. with something significant, Yeah, you know? So I think numbers are going through the roof in the district, which is a good thing. Yeah, numbers oh, are definitely skyrocketing. Yeah. Um. So I think having Janet over at the junior high is huge. Yeah. And it's definitely a service that Perrysburg is fortunate to have, in my opinion. I might be biased, but I think it's a good. I think it's a good thing. I like Janet. She uh, when I was the freshman coach, she was the trainer over at the high school, and and we got along pretty well. So right. she, I, I like her, and she's she's, awesome. she's really good at her job. Yeah. Oh know? my lord. Really thorough. I, I I feel like I'm I'm the dumb one of the bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked around Janet, uh, and now I and Andrea is really smart also. So I feel sometimes, and like you talk about, I still get nervous because I'm like, man. Am I as smart as these guys? <laughs> like, I bounce a lot of questions <laughs> off them, but I don't feel like they bounce as many off me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, they're awesome. Yeah, and Jana is, she's doing a heck of a job over at the junior high, too. And it's yeah. cool for her because her kids are in the high school. Oh, yeah. She has, she, so a lot of the events that she was covering last year with hockey, yeah. she's getting to cover. She's getting paid, essentially, to watch her kids play sports, yeah. which is kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Hopefully someday I'll be able to do the same thing. Yeah. So I know that's, that's we always talk about that with our kids playing sports, and especially Mateo, if he plays football and I'm still coaching. That's, right. You know, that's, I, I was fortunate to, to coach his baseball teams and flag football teams, and I knew when, when, when we were, when Andrea was pregnant, when, if we have a boy or girl, I knew that's what I wanted to do. My dad spent right. seven years coaching my baseball team, and I, that was, I had so much fun, and I knew that's what I wanted to do. You right. Know? And you can always tell the kids that grew up in the gym or grew out on the field, grew up out on the field. Drew Sims, man. Yeah. You know, there's always those type of kids where it's like, I want my kid to be that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to have that little son or daughter that's just tagging along. Yeah. Not and, happy at the time, but yep. like as they get older, I think they'll appreciate it and just be like, you know, this is cool. Yeah. And, and it, just expose them to all different kinds of things, whatever they want. And, that, and that's what I wanted. You know, I was this year, I was going to start bringing Mateo and a friend to practice every day, but then, right. then COVID hit and we couldn't do that, all that stuff. But I was like, I, I even talked to his mom. I'll, I'll pick him up after school. I'll take him to football. We can do it two times a week. They can, they don't even like, for me, Right. They don't even have to pay attention. 
just just don't get hurt. And if you guys want to be in the stands, if you want to be at the other end of the field catch, playing catch, whatever, but just be out there. Right. And that's what I want. Because, I mean, they liked going to the games, and it, it sucked for them this year that they couldn't. Right. You know, and, and I just want them to be a part of it because oh, yeah. I love it. I love coaching so much that, I, you know, I want them to be out there. Right. You know? I feel like it's just kind of a subtle way of, like, pushing your love of the game onto him a little yeah. bit without being too pushy or yeah. being that parent too. It's just kind of like, Hey, this is where we're going. This yeah. is what we're doing. And even at that age, you know, he just loves running on the field. He, I, oh, I've heard yeah. some of your other podcasts where you talk about just them going out in the field. They can't wait for the game to get done so they can just yeah. run out on the field and just go nuts. They don't like, even care who I wins. think we all remember if you love football and you love basketball, going to games like that as a kid, that's, I mean, I remember, high school basketball games would get over and it was just like let's go try and touch the back yeah <laughs> let's go throw these little footballs that they yeah. gave us before we walked in the game let's throw those 150 times till our parents <laughs> yell at us to get in the car you know yep. that was just as a kid you didn't even watch the game until no. a certain age you're nope. just like yep i just want to be there <laughs> that's all um with with covid now do you feel like and i don't know if it's even part of your job but do you feel like you have to be like mask police People, I feel like people get that perception of myself just because okay. I'm the we're the healthcare providers at the high school, so mm-hmm. people look to us for advice on that kind of stuff. Um, I, I like to be, I like to remind people that yeah. that's just something that might have to be a part of our lives yeah. for the, for the foreseeable future, which is unfortunate. I don't think most people like to wear masks. I don't think anybody likes. Yeah, to wear you know, it. it's not something that anybody wants to do. Yeah, but I think if. I think it's important as an athletic trainer, and it's important for a lot of our staffs to to advocate. Yeah. You know, like the governor said and Husted said, that's just something that we need to do to set an example for our kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm advocating for these kids' season. I cannot imagine, you know, my senior year of high school or my junior year of high school going into a season and just thinking every day, yeah, it might get ripped away yeah. because people aren't doing their jobs. So yeah. stuff that's in our control. I think that's something that is really important. Just yeah. wear the mask, yeah. you know, because I would hope to God that when I was in high school, my coaches and our athletic trainers and those those kind of people would have done the same for me. And they so would I'm do, do they, it for them. That they would do everything possible for right. you to play. Right. Yeah. Yep. Although, yeah, it's not comfortable for anybody, no. but, you know, it's that thing that re- it, it reciprocates. Yeah. I would hope that somebody would have done it for me, so I'm going to do it for them. And speaking of when, when you were in high school, what you, were, you played three sports? I did. Football, basketball, baseball? Yep. What was your favorite sport? Oof. I think going into high school, I would have told you basketball. Yeah, I liked basketball. It's just, I would say effortless. That was something okay. that I didn't put as much effort into. That's actually probably better. I put less effort into basketball, and naturally basketball came to me. Okay, okay. Um, after high school, I would have said football. Yeah. Because I had just a fun junior and senior year was fun playing football with my brother it was fun and i played all the sports with my brother but just football it's it was just unique Mm -hmm. it was cool playing side by side with my brother he was a linebacker i was a safety so it was just it was different dynamic um i liked baseball i mean i loved them all but i would say looking back now 11 years out of high school or 10 years out of high school i would say football was probably my favorite but going into it i would have told you probably basketball how much fun do you have when i call you over to throw to the receivers Oh, I love it. I love it too, man. Oh, yeah. It is, yeah, I just got to make sure I got all my other duties done yeah. first. I'm like, yeah. But I, I will say my preceptor when I worked uh, college baseball at Bowling Green, he said, however you can get involved, do so. Yeah. He goes, because a board athletic trainer is a good athletic trainer, but also show that you care. Mm-hmm. And that's just something I remember because I'm like, 
I don't want to be that dud athletic trainer that just sits over to the side if he's got nothing going on. <laughs> like, I'm going to get involved. Yeah. I love sports, or else I would have never, I'd have never gotten into athletic training. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love watching sports. I love talking sports. Yeah. You know, it's just something that I will never not enjoy being around. So, yeah, showing off, throwing some <laughs> routes every once in a while is definitely just a break in the monotony, too, of just everyday life. It just takes you back down to earth. I know. Um, as a former offensive lineman, there's nothing more I like than pretending to be a quarterback. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, and you were a quarterback. Right. So. Well, I play inter- I didn't play college sports. I, I don't know why. I, I think looking back, I wish I would have. I was going to ask you, if, if like, did you have an opportunity? I did, yeah. Okay. I had opportunities. But I ended up just enjoying my four years at Bowling Green, played intramural sports, which I would argue that I probably had just as much fun, if not more. <laughs> I love I love intramural oh, sports. So yeah. yeah, I wasn't like an intramural god where I took it all super serious. Yes. but we definitely yeah. had our fun. Um, but again, we had some kids that I graduated high school with on the same team. Both both of which were centers. They both played <laughs> offensive line on our high school football team, and both loved throwing the football the same way. <laughs> like when it came down to picking who was going to be our quarterback, obviously everyone would look at Travis and Travis and myself because we played quarterback. Yeah. But those two were always kind of in the background, like, yeah. I'm gonna, I mean, I can do this. <laughs> like, just so you guys know, I could, I could throw if you need me to. And I'm like, no, nah, you're going to play center. <laughs> like, there's a reason you didn't what, do yeah, it. Th- that's what you were good at, and I know nothing about it. So, yeah, shout out to Macho and Zach Gobble. Those guys are both centers. But, hey, they can throw. They can throw. I will never discredit any offensive lineman other than when you guys do the – Oh my god. The gosh. throws at the end of the year. Yeah, Sam so does fun. that. Right. Oh, awesome. that's that is uh um, I think that's one of the days summers. I look forward to most about being around that football program. <laughs> it's just like, oh my lord. These kids are so good at offensive line. They're great offensive linemen, and then it's like they can't throw. It, it, and if you don't know it's not their craft. If you don't know, at the end of the year, the offensive line coach has a throwing competition to see who is the worst thrower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they embrace it. Yeah. These kids know they cannot throw the football. I mean, that's why that's why they play offensive line. Yeah. They have a different craft, <laughs> and, and, and they're trying their hardest. And some of these kids, it's just like, wow, <laughs> how can you be that athletic right. and not, right. not throw it? Cade Zimmerly, probably <laughs> one of the best athletes out there. And it's like he touches a football, and it looks like it's something he's never seen before. He's like, what is this thing you just g- gave me? <laughs> oh oh man. Yeah. Um, when when you guys um, do your, your you talked about quarterly meetings and stuff. Right. Do you guys ever present like, hey, this this rare thing happened? Like, are there things times like that? Because oh, and the yeah. only reason I bring it up is is um, last year when we had a kid that had um, compartment syndrome. Yep. And I and when you were talking about it, I had never heard about it. Right. Oh, which yeah. which I'm sure isn't isn't like I'm sure a lot of people have never heard of it. Right. You no. Know? Yeah. Oh yeah. There. We, unfortunately, our stuff is Zoom Zoom calls yeah. now, so it's not like we get to banter back and forth as much as we usually do. But yeah, yeah I mean, and you hear about them. Like um, a lot of our, a lot of us are friends with each other. So even on Friday nights, when you when you hear somebody had something like that, you obviously send them well wishes and oh, prayers yeah. or whatever it may be, and hopefully that they recover. Um, but yeah, we definitely. Because it, because it, it, some nights you forget how fortunate you actually are to get out of any event without something like that happening. Yeah, that's what I always put into perspective. It's like, man, I mean, because there are games where you will get plagued with injury, mm-hmm. where it's like, wow, this this is this is what could happen. Mm-hmm. So games where you walk away scot free and it's just like no no kids got hurt. You're like, wow, 
Do you think about that on a regular basis, or is it only? I feel like it would only be um, if 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 there was like a serious thing, and then like the next week you're like, man, nothing happened. That we should be happy about that. Oh you yeah, know? it's a, it's it's a win for me. Yeah, because when people ask me, I mean, even when people come over and jinx me on a <laughs> sideline of any event, and they're like, oh, it's a quiet night for you, <laughs> and I'm like, come on, <laughs> really? talk about a no hitter, yeah, jinxing me. <laughs> yeah, I just. It's crazy. I I always tell people you just sit around and wait for something bad to happen. Yeah, that's what we do. And yeah. I, and and I think hopefully most athletic trainers in the area they have a knowledge. I mean, I think a lot of the people that we work with they definitely have that knowledge to support. If something does happen, we can all react and treat it accordingly. But mm-hmm. it's just like yeah, it's a stressful job. That's why I'm losing my hair and I'm not even 29 <laughs> years old yet. I'm just stressed out. So um. I remember the the story you told me when when you um, basically sent that kid to the hospital the night of the game with compartment syndrome, mm-hmm. and to to me and and I don't know if this was the case for you like when you looked at this did you just think man this something is wrong and I don't know what it is we got to get him out of here or did you know like this is probably what it is we need to get him out of here? I think the biggest thing with something like that is just like I said knowing knowing your clientele and knowing your kids. And knowing your coaches, yeah. I know certain kids. I know certain players on every single team that I, it, if they come off the field and they have something with me, there's it's automatic immediate concern. Okay, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what's important is, and that's why I talk about going out and getting to know your team and always trying to get involved any way possible, whether it's in the weight room, whether it's anything. You yeah, know, get to know these kids. Yeah, get to know these athletes. So, and so I you think, know, if someone says, "Man, this hurts," and you know that. If he's telling me it hurts, it probably right. really hurts. Really hurts. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tough always getting, I mean, you know, when they're freshmen and stuff like that, it's hard, mm-hmm. especially with split campuses like I've already talked about here at Perrysburg. Yeah. It's hard to get to know some of those freshmen and some of those kids who are playing other sports that that occur at the high school, like the volleyball kids. Um, but just being around, like in the summer, I think it's important to, I always try and touch base with all the sports. Okay. I try to get out and I try to get my face out there to the kids so that they know that they can approach me with whatever it may be, mm-hmm. anything. Um, but yeah, like you said, there's just always that immediate concern depending on if you know that kid or not. Yeah. So I think in those situations, if a kid is presenting in any sort of fashion that you know is not normal, that's when you know. Yeah. And you go with your gut. Yeah. So I think that's just paid dividends over the years is just getting involved and getting to know coaches and getting to know players and families and hopefully nothing bad happens in those situations, but when it does, you kind of know, like, yeah, this isn't normal. Yeah. What, you got to address it. What do, you, what do you think is the underrated part of your job? I'm a talker. I mean, mm. this is something I like to do right here, just sit and talk, you yeah. know, and it, you get to meet so many different kinds of people. Okay. Um, I, I'm involved in sports that I, never was, that I never was around growing up, I mean, being around hockey here, um, having lacrosse, having girls and boys soccer, you know, just gymnastics, sports that I just, I I never, not that I didn't have an interest in, but I just, I never played. I never was exposed to those. Um, I think that is probably my favorite part Mm -hmm. because I learn a lot about each sport. I learn a lot about each culture in every sport, you know, because I'm familiar with football, I'm familiar with basketball, and I'm familiar with baseball. Yeah. But that first time you ever put me out on that hockey rink, I watched the Detroit Red Wings growing up, but to understand that dynamic and how things work on the bench and when to go out on the ice and when not to, that's foreign to me. Yeah. 
so to me, learning all of those kinds of things um, and getting to know, like I said, the culture and getting to know all that kind of stuff, yeah. I think that's been the most fun for me. That, and that's, I can understand that because I love sports too. Even when I was a little kid, my mom would come home and I'm watching bowling. And right. she, I was like, I'm like seven watching bowling. She goes, what are you doing? I go, I'm just watching this, watching these guys. I don't know what it is, but I'm checking it out. Right. And and I, I would see how that appeals to you, just learning new things. And, and same, I was the same way with hockey. We we recently started going to hockey games two years ago, and right. it's fun to because because at first, I know when I went, I was watching, trying to learn because I never watched hockey growing up. I never, I don't have a team or nothing, so right. I was trying to learn. And then after you figure it out, then you can just like be a fan, right. and it, once you learn everything or, yeah. or you think you learn everything, right? And and that and that's cool too because then our kids love to go too. They'll stop and watch a little bit and then I can explain stuff, especially Mateo because he's older, but they mostly run around and do whatever. <laughs> right. But it is, it is a cool thing to, to learn. Everyone likes to learn new stuff, right. you know, and, and it just happens to be sports for you. Right. Yeah. And you develop cool relationships with people. Yeah. You know, I've, I've gotten to know a lot of people over the years. Um, I always, I always credit my mom. Like she had a, she had so many different faces that she would have to put on, whether it was work or whatever it may be. And I feel like nowadays that's what Lindsay, and Lindsay's a teacher. So Lindsay knows a lot of these same kids. Yeah. She's, she's been in Perrysburg. She, she taught, she taught and she coached at Eastwood. So she knows a lot of kids too. But when we go to the store, when we go to Chipotle, when mm. we go to all these different places, Lindsay's like, do you know everyone? Andrea says the same thing because right. it, we can't go anywhere without someone saying, hey, how you doing? You know? <laughs> right. I'm like, I, I do. I know a lot <laughs> yeah. of people. I mean, I know, I feel like I know every kid that plays sports in Perrysburg. And yeah. even if I don't know them, I know them enough to at least say hello. Yeah. I've watched you. If you didn't get hurt, I know you enough to, I've watched you play your sport. Yeah. And I've seen your parents show up to all your games. So a head nod and a hello. And yeah. I, I definitely... I feel like I know a lot of people. That's it's the just, worst too. Is being a coach and even an athletic trainer, you know the kids, but then like if the kid isn't with the parents and the parents come up to right, you, yeah. you're like, "Hey, Garrett, how you doing?" And you're like, "Hey, you know." Right. Oh my, <laughs> I've had some funny, yeah, funny interactions. Like, I I have to tell the one story about a parent. There's, in I thought I knew this guy, so I think I might have told you this story before. <laughs> so the the parents were identical twins, okay. dads. And I don't even know if these the fan, the parents would remember this, but the dads had kids that played separate sports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the one time the dad shows up, who I thought I knew because I had met in the fall, yeah. happened to be the identical twin brother. <laughs> and I go up to him and I'm like, hey, how you doing? And he shakes my hand and he, he has no idea who I am. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, this is this is bad. Like normally, I don't. I mean, I don't go out of my way to call yeah. you by your first name. But if I think I know it, I yeah. will. And obviously, as an identical twin, I think you know that people are going to mix it up a little bit. I'm the first time. But yeah. he, but he laughed. He's like, yeah, you must know my brother. And I'm like, uh, oh yeah, I do. <laughs> for as many people as I think I know, I'm like, man, I really slipped up there. He's yeah. like, yeah, you can imagine as like a middle-aged identical twin, and we both live in the same town where our kids all go to the same school, it happens. So, yeah, I'll never forget that. So I kind of tame my excitement down now when I see people because I'm like, oh. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, who really knows? <laughs> oh, man. So uh, do you follow the NBA at all? I do. It's hard. You know, all my teams are just abysmal garbage yeah just absolutely so awful. so who do you who are your professional teams you like detroit teams i don't even know if i want to talk about it it's a sore subject but detroit yeah teams i'm a and... Pist- yeah i'm a pistons fan you guys okay. about nba i'm a big I, I would like to say i'm a big pistons fan um i'm a red wings fan 
Detroit Lions, and Mi- just all Michigan sports. Okay. University you didn't, you didn't even, I was going to say, you didn't even want to say that at first. No, yeah, I'm not really. It's tough to claim the, the old Michigan football team right now. That is for sure. Do you want to get rid of the coach? I do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I th- on board. I'm, I just need change, you know. Yeah. I can't watch what just happened last week against Wisconsin where from the first snap of the game you can just tell this is not going to go well. Yeah. And it's not even fun to watch. You know, I get the amount of hard work that those kids put in, um, but sometimes they need change. Yeah. I just think that's where Michigan is at right now where they threw that guy a lot of money, and I think it's a situation where they want to – they don't want to bite the bullet on firing on firing him because they put a lot of money into it. How they long, is, how long has he been there? Oh, I think is it six six years? years? Yeah, I, I think, think it's so. six years. And it's not been good. I mean, he hasn't. <laughs> no, he hasn't, he hasn't beat Ohio come State. Close to beating Ohio State, not yeah. even. I mean, the Brady Hoke and Rich Rod years. Those guys were competitive. Yeah. In every once in a while, I mean, they snuck beat Ohio State in 2011. So at least competitive nowadays, yeah. it's just like, oh my lord. I don't want to watch this. And you already know, like, because Ohio State's so great at recruiting. Oh, yeah. It, They're on a new level. It's just, it's, I, I read a tweet somewhere. It was a story. I didn't read the whole story because I don't, I don't really care about Ohio State. But it was like, the, is Ohio State being this good ruin the Big Ten? Or is it going to ruin the Big Ten? Like, mm. just because. Yeah, that was my argument about Michigan football for, for so long, where Ohio State was so, I mean, I would say they're elite. They're they're Alabama, they're a Clemson, yeah, they're yeah. a top four team every single year. And for a while, that was my argument, like I said, where I would say, you know, Michigan's good. Mm-hmm. Michigan's a 10-win team. They're a solid football team. It just so happens that Ohio State is on a different level right now. Yeah. But after six years of just getting throttled, it's like, let's get somebody in there who might be kind of competitive. Mm-hmm. Let's, I don't know. Something's got to change. Because unless I'm not okay with that, I'm just a hot, hot-tempered <laughs> individual, anyways, that doesn't like losing. So that's what I used to love about Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. I loved that at Stanford. When yeah. he was there, and or even when he was in the NFL, it's like this guy's nuts. Yeah, he shows some intensity. He shows his emotions. He he's displeased if things aren't going well. Sometimes you got to show that emotion. Nowadays, I'm like. He's just got a lot going on. And I read the message board, so I know he's got a lot going on outside of football. But it's like, man, I feel like he's just lost that edge a little bit. Yeah. And right now with Ryan Day and that Ohio State program, losing an edge on top of them being as high level as they are, it's just not going to bode well for the, the do you, Wolverines. Do you still watch Michigan games? Oh, I do. Do you? I, I know, yeah, I know. religiously still. I, I know that was a thing uh, years ago before we, before we um, bought this house. We had to live in my in-laws basement for like a month until we found a house and uh the uh i like the indians and they were horrible Mm -hmm. and my father-in-law asked my wife asked andrew was like are are, are the indians bad and she's like yeah he goes well he's down there every day just yelling at the tv and and watching (laughs) why why because they're still my team right and i still want to watch them even though you're just it it just hurts your heart (laughs) the thing with the baseball is you can bounce back a day later yeah you can hope to god the next day that they're going to bounce back with michigan with michigan football right now it's like man i gotta wait a week i i i'm i sit there and i i fester up and i'm like (laughs) Something's, it's going to change. You know, we're turn, I'm, like I said, I'm reading the message boards. I'm texting my family, my dad, my cousin, my brother. I, yeah. I talk about it every day. <laughs> and by Saturday, we somewhat have ourselves believing that we're going to win. 
<laughs> and it's the same thing with the Detroit Lions. Okay, yeah. I have buddies who are Detroit Lions fans that we we talk all the time. We share news. And by Saturday and Sunday, it happens. And it's like, why did we get our hopes up? Yeah. Why did we set this false belief that we were going to turn things around this week? It's just, it sucks. I th- oh, well. I, Everybody I tells you it, it goes in phases and yeah. it goes in waves. So I'm just waiting for that wave to crash and it'll flip. Because this is <laughs> you, not fun. You hope. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so would it be, and I'm sure people say this all the time or ask, ask people, Michigan fans all the time, would it be a... A con- would it be considered a good year if they lost every game except Ohio? They beat Ohio State. Like now, because be great. because they at this they've point, lost yeah. to them so many times. In at a row. this point, yeah. I, I mean, even after they when they lost to when they lost to Michigan State, who I thought week one was one of the worst football teams. I'd I'd never seen a Michigan State football team that bad. Okay, week one. Week two, they beat Michigan, and I immediately text my brother, and I text my dad, and I text my cousin, and I said, it's over. You know, <laughs> At least I do not have to wait eight or nine weeks yeah. to get to Ohio State and think, like, yeah, we might do it. <laughs> we might beat Ohio At least at this point, I know we have no we shot at doing it. We're not beating the Bucks. <laughs> no. If we beat Ohio State, I mean, it would be mm. – I would be thoroughly pleased, and I will still lock into that game. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm not going to give up on Michigan, but am I as enthused? Not nearly. Yeah. Um, but if we beat Ohio State, it would be awesome. I'd still want some change, though. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You, you know what helps me when, even this year, because I like the Cowboys and they're awful, and what helps me like tune into the game is if it's on TV, Mateo asks, and he right. wants to watch it. Right. So that makes me want to watch it too. Otherwise, like, right. especially when it's nice weather, I got things to do outside. You know, I don't need to, I don't need to watch uh, them lose a game nine to six. You know right. what I mean? Like, oh, well, the Lions, yeah, the Lions are in the same boat. I try to get, I think the one day I got, I, I mowed, mulched, and got all my stuff out to the front. Took me a couple hours and come inside and I watched the Lions lose in a heartbreaking fashion. And I said, why did I not just continue? Yeah continue to do what I needed to do outside <laughs> and get all my other work done. Instead, I wasted two hours, and now I'm disappointed. I mean, that's And what... Lindsay's not happy that I'm not happy. <laughs> She's like, why are you so mad? And I'm like, I don't think you get it. Dude, okay. I invest a lot of time into these teams, yes. believe it or not. Yeah, and what changed for me, uh, again, with, with having kids and, and that same mindset of, like, this is just – it's going to ruin my next two hours because they're awful and they lost or whatever. For me – when my teams lose now, like, like, and it's either heartbreaking or right. they're just awful, I can immediately flip that switch, especially if it's like during the day, right? Because like, then Mateo and Lillian are bouncing around doing whatever, especially right. when they're like little, right? Like, um, oh, uh, the Cowboys just lost by forty, and but Mateo's two, and I got to feed him now, and right. it all goes away. Like you don't yeah. even think about it anymore, right? So a little bit of that, I mean, this never goes away completely. Right. right, that's why that's why fan is short for fanatic, right? <laughs> right. But it does for me. It went away a little bit, and that's I like that. I like that part of it, right? You know, because you do have other things you got to worry about, right? Well, this baby needs to hustle up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm about done sulking in my own losses. You so. know, you know the biggest loser in in all of uh, in, in you guys having a baby. You know who the biggest loser is going to be? Who's that? Boone. Oh lordy! I promise you. And that is my fault. I promise you, because our dog, I used oh. to have, I used to have a joke about it. Where once, once we love Texas, we <laughs> we 
he was our first kid. We we took him everywhere. We did right. everything. And as soon as Mateo came around, his I had a joke. His new name was Go Away, like right. <laughs> because it's just oh. you don't have to worry about it. you don't want to worry about a dog anymore. You yeah, know? it is my fault too. <laughs> I give that dog my undivided attention yep. when I get home, and I and I. Lindsay, she knows that it's going to be a different, it's going to be a transition, but she'll tell me, this is your fault. <laughs> He's so needy because of you. He knows I'll play. If he cries a little bit, I get down on the floor and I play with him. Oh, That's okay. just what I do. Yeah. My dad always did it with our dogs. Yep. Um, I like dog. I like any dog. Yeah. So if he's sitting there crying, I'll get down on the floor and I'll play with him. Or he cries, and I know his he knows the schedule. Yeah. So he cries yeah. in the morning, and I take him on a I take him on a walk. Yeah. Rain, sleet, snow, whatever. <laughs> that dog goes on a walk. He comes home. He gets a treat. He just he's so he's so used to that. Yeah. And he is still young, so he's not he's two years old right yep. now. So he still craves that attention, but his world is going to be flipped. <laughs> We used to, um, which I don't mind. Yeah. I don't. It, it's gonna happen. So we used to. I think um, when Andrew was like eight months pregnant, we used every once in a while would have a teddy bear we wrapped in a blanket, and, right. and we would walk around like we were holding the baby. Like and we would do pick days where we would do it. Like sometimes we do it all day. Sometimes we do right. it a little bit, just to get Texas used to like what are they doing? Like they got right. something else happening, and then. Once Mateo was born, I would come home with like a blanket with his smell on it, right. and then just like put it on a couch or whatever, just so they could just like this a it. new smell, you know? Yeah, because it is a huge and and you do feel bad, but if you ask anybody, that happens all the time with whatever animal, right? You know? And even like when we had Lillian, it happened with Mateo a little bit because we gotta we gotta we had to tell him like okay, we there's there's two of you now. Right. We have to, when she needs to be fed, we got to help. I might have to help her and you might just have to sit for a little bit, you know. And he right. was he was only three when we, right. when we had her. That's so hard. Yeah. So it's, uh, but he's, he's Boone by far is going to be the biggest loser oh, yeah. in all this. <laughs> so my buddy, my buddy Jake and his wife, Emily, they just had their first kid. He's, he's a few months old and we hadn't seen him just because COVID and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Lindsay and I have been kind of homebodies, which yep. is just, which is fine because yeah. we want to work, all that. Uh, we and it, finally Jake and I decided. I was like, you know, you've been my best friend my my whole life. I want to meet the baby, and Jake wanted to also. So they brought their their new son Jet up to our house a few weeks ago, and we were both kind of panicking. They have a dog, Doby. Uh, he's a Labradoodle, and Boone's just a Lab. So I'm like, well, I hope that Lab temperament yeah. bodes well with a baby. But this will be the first time Boone has ever seen a newborn baby. Oh, so okay. we were panicking a few weeks ago. Just and I don't, not that I think Boone is at all aggressive. Well, you never know. But just what, like yeah. same thing, like you said, you're unknown. walking around with a with a teddy bear wrapped in a blanket. Yeah, this was a real life. <laughs> you know, I was like, we're gonna be holding this baby. They're gonna be coming around. Um, and he did well. Yeah. I mean, Jake came into that house. He sat that baby down in the car seat right onto the ground. And I'm kind of like sweating, <laughs> like, oh my God, what is Boone going to do here? Yeah. And he couldn't have been any nicer. Yeah. I mean, he sniffed this baby's, I mean, he just got in his face, sniffed him, didn't do anything and just sat right next to him. Yeah. And a lot of times too, bigger dogs, they, um, at least for, for what I know of the, the big dogs that I've had even growing up. If it's something little that's making noise, it doesn't like it doesn't bother them. Right. Texas, my my mom brought their puppy over. This was like three years ago, 
and they were outside in the backyard and this puppy was just running circles around Texas and he was just laying in the yard like it wasn't there. We have na- neighbors that have two <laughs> tiny dogs that bark constantly at Texas. He right. doesn't even recognize them. Right. So that might be a part of it too. Like, okay, there's this new thing. It's not doing anything. I'm out of here. I right. don't care. You know? My in-laws have two, they have two small dogs, Misha and Amber. Mm-hmm. And when we go to the lake over the Shout summer out. and stuff, Shout yeah, out. shouts out Misha and Amber. <laughs> um, but they, Boone is, Boone, he pretends like he's a little dog for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then when we go to the lake house and stuff like that, where the house is a little smaller, there's nowhere for a big dog like that to romp around. Yeah. So I think after a little bit, he understands like, I'm too big to do this. Yeah. So those dogs will bounce up on top of him and run around. <laughs> <laughs> and jump and bark and go nuts and Boone just kind of waits to get reprimanded because if he acts out like they do, he knows he's going to yell that. But yeah, he's a he's a good dog. I hope he continues to trend in that direction too. Yeah. So oh good. So um oh the reason I brought up the NBA ten minutes ago. Oh yeah. Um do you are you um do you like the draft at all? Do you follow? I, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I plan on locking in a little bit tonight and just because I'm curious. I'm yeah. curious to see how they'll disappoint me. But uh, <laughs> I was, I listened to the Bill Simmons podcast and he several times he's talking about the Detroit Pistons and how he's like, I don't think I've ever seen a worse roster. <laughs> right. And we just <laughs> traded away Bruce, Bruce Brown, who was our best on ball defender. Oh, really? Probably top three player on our roster, I would have said. Mm, wow. Gone. Yeah. So. To me, that says like complete rebuild. Yeah, but well, I don't know. They still have what's his name from uh, Blake Griffin. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he's is that he's who just, you build a franchise he's around? Just, and he's nothing really anymore. Right. He just keeps getting hurt. I mean, mm-hmm. he's always been that way though. He's good. I mean, yeah. he shows signs of being a top twenty guy in the NBA. Yeah, but but he's the, hurt. the NBA, you don't. I, I don't think you build around someone who's top twenty. Right. Yeah. No, and he's kind of a mix too. You don't. It's tough to build around a guy who's six, six eight, six nine. Yeah. If you don't have that Andre Drummond like we did, that's like building Those, around Draymond Green. Right. Like you ain't gonna do tough. that either. Like yeah. So Draymond or Drummond leaving was tough. I knew that was kind of our begin to our rebuild. Okay. Was getting rid of Drummond and keeping uh, Blake Griffin, but I don't know. They're saying I, I I don't even know what time the draft started or what time it is. I think it, it hasn't started yet. Yeah. So they were talking about Lamelo Ball going to Detroit, Man. and I'm like, is that the answer either? <laughs> like that really dude. Take a risk I, on him. I, I don't I, like any of those. I mean, I think I think Lonzo is probably the most likable because right. he's just he doesn't seem like right a, a big headed jerk like right. his brother. Right. The middle one, Leangelo, he got in trouble. And then that was kind of the end of hearing from the dad. So that's why I kind of lost track of um, Lomelo. I lost track of him a little bit because I'm like, man, you're not not hearing this hothead guy in the media endorsing how good his sons are, which they're good. They're all very talented. Yeah, Yeah, Lavar. Yeah. They're all very talented, but like he didn't go play college basketball. So he, and then he didn't play the end of his high school basketball career so you lost track of him and then within the past couple weeks you know the draft's getting hyped up and it's like i completely forgot about this guy he was playing he was playing overseas right and like like shooting 50 shots a game and doing whatever it's it's uh, is that gonna translate well (laughs) i don't know someone someone again bill simmons talked about like um he asked Ryan Rosilla who his top three were, and and he said number two for Lonzo Ball. And he goes, "You think Golden? You think he'll fit on Golden State? That's mm. who you think will get Lonzo Ball?" I'm like, ugh, I yeah, don't know. A third shooter. 
There's three <laughs> deadly shooters. Draymond Green would just hand hand it to him every day. Like you better <laughs> oh, straighten yeah. up. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't imagine those two personalities would not clash. No. So. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, we'll see. I, this is I, I always watch the draft too, but normally I have to wait wait um super late for the Spurs to pick because they always pick real late. Right. And this is the first time they've been in the draft in twenty years or in oh, the yeah. in the uh lottery in right. twenty years. So I was I'm pretty excited about I want them to trade DeMar DeRozan and Lamarcus Aldridge. There was talk that they might trade Lamarcus Aldridge to Golden State for the number two pick. Yeah, you can always kind of bet that Golden State's gonna be in the mix on any of those guys. Yeah, because they want one yeah. One more. Yeah. Is what they, they just want, need one know? more piece to that puzzle. Yeah. And they'll be right back in contention too. I hate and if that they can so stay much. healthy, oh my lord. I hate that so much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. And guys shopping, it's just crazy. Like even the Harden talk and him not taking that what was that contract that he just declined? Oh, okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It was about. like, yeah. oh my lord, man. I can't even fathom having that amount of money and he's just turning it away because he's better than that. Well, that and and he's he's mad. Because they're he wants to go somewhere else, and like, how would you feel if you're a Westbrook? Like he wanted Westbrook, <laughs> Westbrook, right. and now he's like, "Nah, I'm cool." See, they ya. advocated for him to come there, and yeah. now he's like, "See ya." I want to go to Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand how you know with NBA when you trade, you got to match salaries, and it, and it's crazy how like it to me it was it. They always talked about how everyone does how Chris Paul his contract was untradeable. And Ryan Russell always says, like, don't say that. Anybody can get traded. And then he got traded. Right. He's in Phoenix now? Yeah, he makes like $44 million yeah. or something. Unbelievable. <laughs> Imagine being that talented enough to where you can shop for where, oh, I'm going to go make 44 mil there. Yeah, and, and oh what? my god, I, and and I don't understand. And it's it's a thing now that that people do where they're just like, I don't want to play here. Trade me, right? And a lot of times it's tr- not only trade me, but trade me to that team, right? Like, right. <laughs> how are we well, supposed to do that? Yeah, and I I my I grew up a Pistons fan. And I'm a big Pistons fan. My dad is the same way. Mm-hmm. This just thoroughly irritates him. Yeah, like how this NBA functions these days, and even. Even I find myself getting frustrated with it because I'm like, man, I grew up in the nineties. Yeah. This wasn't how it was. Yeah. This was I mean, there were guys on the same team that didn't like each other. I mean, you watch the Bad Boys documentary, <laughs> some of those guys that floated <laughs> into that roster, they flat out did not get along. Yeah. But they made it work. Yeah. That's what I miss. Not that I I I, I knew the ins and outs as well growing up in that time frame, but the Pistons were really, really good when I was in middle school, yeah. and your very impression—that was my impression—was like this is going to be the way it is forever. <laughs> the Pistons are going to be good. <laughs> yeah, you know they just find they drafted well, they traded well. I mean, they ended up with a mix of guys with Tayshawn Prince, who was a rookie that year, mm-hmm. and Chauncey Billups and Rip Hamilton, and then you mix in that trade from Portland with Rasheed Wallace. And then Ben Wallace, the defensive player of the year, it was just like things fell into place. Yeah. They traded well. They built a program or they built that team well. Mm-hmm. And it was not like the t- the big threes. Yeah. yeah. There was no superstar on that team, you know? Well, that's how I felt the same way I felt about the, the Spurs. Oh, yeah. Because they Spurs drafted the Tim boat. Duncan, they drafted Tony Parker, they drafted Mangianoli, who was their big three, and then they they built around that. So yep. so so when they had Kawhi Leonard, I'm like, okay, well, this just can continue. Right. And then he said, I'm out of here. Right. You know? And it, really? it, it's so frustrating. And I didn't realize how frustrating it was until last night I was trying to find Mateo a jersey, a Spurs jersey. Right. And 
And I didn't like I didn't want DeRozan, I didn't want Aldridge because they're gonna be gone shortly. Right. And I'm like, well, who do I get? Because who knows what's gonna happen? Because I bought him, him I bought him a Kawhi Leonard jersey, and then the year after I bought it, he leaves. <laughs> he gets safe, traded. Safe bet. Just go with the Tim Duncan retro. See, I thought about that too. Or um, Manu Ginobili, something like that. I thought about that, but part of me, and I had this conversation today at work, part of me growing up is if I had a jersey, I like to look at the number I'm wearing and, and see it on TV. Yep, that makes sense. Even if I didn't know who it was, right? right? I just like, oh, this number 50, David Robinson, oh, he's my favorite player now because oh, I have yeah. his jersey. Right. You know? I remember being in eighth grade getting a Chauncey Billups jersey, yeah. and I just, I about cried at Christmas. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I have the, I never took that jersey off. Yeah. I just was so infatuated. I was like, this is my guy. Mr. Big Shot, I have his jersey. I'm going to watch him every single night. And it, that was like, I get it. Yeah. It makes you feel like you're on the team as oh, a kid. Yeah. Right. right. You know, you <laughs> Lindsay still season. says that to me <laughs> these days when I'll say, when I'll reference to my teams or like I, my team. Yeah. She's like, that's not your team. You're not on the team. <laughs> or I'll say, we lost today. Yeah. She's like, you didn't lose. Your <laughs> Michigan lost or the Lions lost. You didn't lose. You have nothing to do with that. And I'm like, I don't think she gets it. So she she's, doesn't. She she doesn't have like teams she roots for. She does, but it's it's, it's second hand. I think she secretly. And I just told her this the other day. She secretly roots for Michigan a little bit on Saturdays because she knows the amount of distress that I put myself yeah. through. And it's for you though. She, yes, for me, yeah. strictly for me. Her yeah. family is all. Buc- she's a Buckeye fan through and through. Okay, that is for sure. And she's a Steelers fan because her dad is. Okay. Uh, baseball. She's a Tigers fan because her dad is. Um, but yeah, she secretly, I feel like, roots for my teams because she knows that I don't let it ruin my day yeah. and I don't let it ruin my week like I used to with Michigan yeah. football. Oh, I had um, friends in college. If Ohio State lost, they weren't going out that night. And I, I hated that. Yeah. I'm like, just a Dude, bummer. Yeah, just come out, man. Right. Oh, I remember. I would sit in my dorm room because we didn't get Michigan football on whatever the channels were in the dorms. Yeah. We'd always have to go to B-dubs. And walk downtown, and if Michigan lost, I remember just walking back to the dorm, like I'm done. You know, I'm not doing anything <laughs> the rest of the day. That was awful. Uh, like, just you can't live life like that. Yeah. Oh, it's I tough. know. Now I can't. I looking back, I think, well, how, how <laughs> That's dumb. So stupid. Yeah, I let a college football team control my life. Like I have no control over that outcome. Yeah. And I let it control my life. I can so. see even maybe if you even went to that college, maybe. You right. can be a little bit down because everyone is there, but you don't right. even attend Michigan. Right? No. Still... Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember, but I it, I remember going to, I remember going to the BG versus Michigan football game at Michigan, mm-hmm. and my buddy Jake, who I referenced to already earlier about his baby. Yeah. Um, we went up to Ann Arbor, and Michigan was playing BG, and I had a BG hat on, and I had a Michigan sweatshirt on. Yeah. And he's like, "Why would you ever do that?" And I was like, well, "Because I pay." tuition to go to bg yeah. and if bg wins i will also be very happy because that's where my money goes yeah and if we go back to bg tonight after <laughs> bg beats michigan bg is going to be the funnest city <laughs> in the country and he was so mad he's uh, like how could you ever do that man michigan's our team and i'm like you know i don't i don't care i'm at yeah. that age now where i just it was about a good time for me <laughs> i just wanted to have fun yep if i was a win-win day for me yeah so well, man, we'll, uh, we'll end on that. I know you got to get out of here and get your Chipotle. Oh, yeah. So uh, thanks for being on the podcast. We'll, uh, I'll definitely have you on again. Yeah, this just, is fun. Just talk sports or talk whatever, man. Yeah. Um, 
So thanks again. Again, congratulations on your baby. I appreciate it. And, yeah, we uh, appreciate it. Yeah, good. All right, man. All right, thanks, Lorenzo. Yep. Thank you for listening to this episode of the interviews with Lorenzo. This episode and all episodes are sponsored by realjp.com. For all your audiovisual needs, visit realjp.com. R-E-E-L-J-P.com. See you next time.